the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. If you only ever listen to just one of my podcasts, I hope this is the one. What you're about to hear is a story of insanity. We know this stuff went on during the pandemic. We know that people were ostracized. We know that careers were lost, jobs were lost. Families were divided. This man is from Canada, Jesse Johnson. He owned a pizzeria, ironically called Without Papers Pizza. Unfortunately, it was someone who was without papers who sat down in his restaurant that spelled the end of his 20-year restaurant. It broke his family. And you're going to hear every detail told from someone who is still broken and trying to heal from what was done to him by the Canadian government. I really hope you'll listen to this because this is just one example of what's happened to us as a society, as humans, in the last few years. And I hope at the end you'll consider supporting this man and his future. Again, if this is the only episode of Sideline Sanity you ever listen to, I will be grateful. It's that important. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity. With your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. So I met Jesse Johnson online, and his email address reads proprietor without papers pizza and POW pizza. Or is it POW pizza, Jesse? I think now it's POW. <laughs> Your story is remarkable. I saw it. I, I said, I've got to talk to this guy. Um, take us to the beginning. You were doing what with your life when the pandemic hit? Uh, I was a restaurateur for 20 years. Um, I was a pillar of my community. I was an institution in Calgary. Uh, my restaurant uh, was uh, all about a chi, a vibe, a vibration. I learned a long time ago in the restaurant industry that uh, although we did exquisite food, 
people didn't seem to remember the food and it was more the uh the feeling uh that they uh that they held on to and uh without papers was all about that it really was truly a beautiful space that was full of energy uh we were lined up seven days a week um and then the pandemic came and on march 16th 2020 uh was the first day of the lockdowns uh on that day at without papers pizza i had 30 employees on wednesday i had to do payroll uh and by wednesday i was down to 10 uh, uh employees uh the government essentially uh closed us down and took away all our businesses uh, and made us uh made us completely uh reimagine uh, the way it was that we were going to stay in business so we went from uh, a restaurant that was predominantly dine in and i would say 85% of our revenue came from dine in uh and we had to transition immediately to uh a 100% takeout model uh it was a bit odd uh and it was also a very very depressing, to be quite honest with you. It took me 20 years to get my restaurant to where it was and uh, for all of a sudden it to be uh, to be destroyed over, um, you know, this virus uh, caused me quite a bit of concern. Now, you're saying the virus, and for people who can't see us but are just listening, you put the air quotes around it. Um, you're, you're, was your, was, first of all, was your place always called Without Papers Pizza? It was always called Without Papers Pizza. What, what's I behind know. that name? To play on the term WAP, uh, originally we wanted to call it WAP. Uh, WAP is a uh, maybe a derogatory term for Italian uh, American uh, immigrants, uh, and uh, we decided that uh, you know maybe it's best that we don't call it that, even though I think most <laughs> people don't even really know what the term means. Uh, and one day we were having some, we were waiting to open, we were waiting for permits. To be honest with you, uh, we had some food critics in because we had a previous restaurant and we were already well known within the city, uh, and they came to do a write up on us, and one of them asked uh, whether or not we we're going to have any affiliation with the Neapolitan people. Pizza Association, which is an association out of Italy that uh, dictates, you know, if you want to uh, use them, that you have to use these tomatoes and this flour and these ingredients. And my business partner, the chef, was there. And uh, as uh, most chefs are prone to be, he was a little bit hotter to the collar. And uh, <laughs> he said, no, you know, there's no way we're going to be part of any organization. You know, we're going to be without papers. And at that moment in time, I realized, you know what, I'll call it without papers. Uh, and most people will refer to it as WAP, and that'll just be the short name of it. <laughs> It's brilliant. I love it. Thank you. So you said you, you noted the date and everyone remembers March 2020 and where they were when they found out they were going to be locked down and what they were going to have to do and et cetera. But as I mentioned, you said the virus in quotation marks and air quotes. What did you mean by that? Well, <clears throat> I was skeptical uh, right from the get go, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, we started to get bombarded on the news uh, with all these uh, tales of uh, death and horror, uh, but yet I didn't see anything of it. Uh, and uh, the only thing that I saw that uh, reminded me of uh, horror was uh, being locked in our houses and uh, told to be afraid. Um, but uh, we complied. Uh, I was, uh, I really was, I was a hero throughout the, uh, throughout the apocalypse. And I refer to it as the apocalypse. Um, we complied with everything. Uh, we closed, we opened, we closed, we opened, we masked, we distanced, uh, we did everything. Uh, and the only thing that I couldn't abide by was being asked to uh, discriminate my fellow man uh, for something that they decided to do that uh, with their body. Uh, and it was my, my, my feeling that uh, there was no way I was going to judge a single one of my customers, you know, the good Lord will judge you, not me. And so by judging them by whether or not they got vaccinated, is that what you're talking about? 
That was exactly it. Yeah, the the city of Calgary uh, came forth with the uh, vaccine passport. Uh, you know, thirteen corrupt city councillors, uh, after uh, con- uh, conferring with nobody, uh, essentially decided that they were going to divide society uh, with the passport, uh, whose only science was uh, political science, and uh, it uh, disgusted me. It was not only that it was just disgusting in in, in its very essence; uh, it was ridiculous uh, in that. So. <clears throat> The unvaccinated were allowed to come into the restaurant. They just weren't allowed to sit down in the restaurant. I was allowed to work the restaurant uh, or unvaccinated. Uh, my my staff was allowed to be there unvaccinated. Uh, the whole purpose of it was just to solely punish uh, and make example and humiliate the unvaccinated. And uh, I was not going to be uh, any part of that. On top of that, you know, we had already suffered now for 18 months throughout the apocalypse. Uh, and now I just thought to myself, okay, so the government wants me to do what now? They want me to completely alienate, you know, 25% of my customers to tell them that they are so filthy, disease-ridden rats that they're not allowed to come into my restaurant right now, you know, which to me meant that they were never going to come in. And in the restaurant industry, we need to have 100% uh, in order to make it, uh, to operate at 75% is pure folly. All right. There's so much here. I, 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 I can't wait to get into this more. We're going to take a quick break. Jesse Johnson of Without Papers Pizza. What happened when unvaccinated people came into his restaurant? We're going to find out how they were treated differently by the government there. That's right after this. Well, economic experts are writing, and I quote, a food shortage could be coming even in the U.S. And I think already we're seeing signs of that, you know, supply chain issues. Well, imagine uh, the worst. Imagine another 9-11. Imagine another pandemic, and you can't find the food that you need. What if you had your own little stockpile in your very own pantry or sitting in the basement or somewhere where you could keep it tucked away for that rainy day? Well, that's why survival food, that's what we're calling it, is important. You can create that stockpile by going to 4patriots.com and buying the best-selling 4Patriots survival food kits. Now, this isn't ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years survival food, handpicked right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant. They stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And that's assuming that we still have gas stoves to boil water on. Either way, you'll have something. And right now you can go to 4 Use the code Michelle, that's M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store including this three-month survival kit. You'll get their famous year-long guarantee after you order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called Four Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. And we love that. And we thank them for that. Just go to fourpatriots.com. Use the code Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com, the number fourpatriots.com, code Michelle with one L. Start building your own stockpile and start today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, Jesse, so you said that unvaccinated people were allowed to walk into your pizza place, into your restaurant. But they weren't allowed to sit down? How did that work? That's right. So they had set up a rule that uh, the unvaccinated were allowed to come in. You could pick up, you could get your takeout pizza. Uh, You just weren't allowed to sit down to eat it. Uh, And that's, you know, it was ridiculous. Uh, And, you know, on top of that, I also read into it that, you know, my biggest worry was that I was never going to take that injection. And uh, when they came forth with this mandate, you know, the way that they had uh, done it all throughout the apocalypse was, you know, take a little bit, stop, take a little bit, stop, take a little bit, stop. And uh, when I read that uh, I wasn't allowed to serve the unvaccinated anymore, to me, the next step was, uh, you know, I'm not even going to be able to allow to own this restaurant anymore unless uh, unless I uh, submit myself. And you didn't want to get the, the vaccine. Why? I just I, I'm curious. I'll be honest I with you, at first, I, I wasn't. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't an anti-vaxxer at first. I, I really wasn't. And I, I was a bit naive about it. I've never been politically active in my entire life. Uh, I've been a, a, as apathetic as the next Canadian. Uh, but to me, everything just seemed very, very, very fishy. And especially at this point, you know, 18 months into it, where I still didn't know anybody who had, uh, you know, gotten, gotten, uh, uh, who had died uh, and very few who had gotten sick. And uh, I just thought to myself, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stand back and, and I'll be the last one to get this shot. Uh, you know, since then, I've, uh, I've become a vehement anti-vaxxer. But uh, at first, I just uh, wanted to respect everybody's rights to do whatever they wanted to do with their body. The one that God gave them, not the government. Well, I, I say amen to that. And clearly, so does my dog, Jersey, who you can yes. hear in the background. I apologize for his barking, right. but he's he's quite vociferous about this topic. So, so, so once you found this, I mean, this is. I think when we look back at the insanity of the mask mandates and the whys, you know, why this and not that, why six feet and not five, all all of these arbitrary rules, this one to me just is ridiculous. So you can walk into your restaurant and pick up a pizza and take it home, but you cannot sit down and eat it unless you presented a vaccine passport. And this was, you, you, you mentioned these 12 corrupt council people. What makes you believe that they're corrupt? Uh, well, they essentially uh, instilled medical apartheid upon society uh, without uh, talking to a single one of their constituents. Uh, to me, that in itself is uh, a sure sign of corruption. Uh, that vaccine passport was the most heinous crime ever enforced in Canada. Uh, it literally divided our nation, pitted family against family, peer against peer. Uh, it was the catalyst for the trucker movement. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, my life will forever be defined by, you know, before the vaccine passport and after the vaccine passport. Before the passport, we all suffered equally under the oppression. Uh, after the passport, uh, the suffering became disproportionate and some suffered not and others suffered whole. Uh, it was a heinous crime. It truly was. All right. We're going to talk to Jesse Johnson more about his life after the vaccine passports right after this. 
Hey, you've got to start taking care of your liver now more than ever. And why is that? Well, because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. The American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which means many people many people are at risk. We throw everything at our livers. We throw cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes. That's why so many of us have a sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver's helped you with over 500 key functions every day. So it's time you help your liver. There is a solution, liver health formula an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Manufactured right here in the United States of America and approved by American doctors. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you'll get a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. And you'll also be getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash sideline and claim your five free bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com slash sideline. Okay, so the vaccine passports were bizarre. I, I only had to show mine in New York. That was the only place that I experienced uh, having to show it at a restaurant but it was bizarre. It was like, that's why I find this so intriguing with the name of your shop without papers pizza, because this was like showing papers, right? This was like saying, it was exactly Here, I'm it. acceptable. Yeah. It, I've got my papers. Here's my vaccine passport and the digital ones. My God, those are in retrospect, really scary. And I didn't have one of those, but I know people who did, which means that, you know, people have digital records of your health. Uh, people that don't even, aren't your doctors, whatever we could go on and on. So the vaccine passports beforehand, as you said, we were all equally oppressed. Afterwards, it was this division of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. What's business been like for you? What's happened since the vaccine passports and you decided I'm not I'm not I'm not discriminating? The vaccine passport was introduced on September 20th, uh, 2021, and I came out in opposition to it uh, on that very day. Uh, the following two weeks were uh, the most intense, uh, harrowing, traumatic experience uh, of my life. Uh, we literally went from uh, being heroes to being vilified, uh, a community that I lived in, uh, where I raised my children, where I helped raise many children, uh, where half the children's uh, first job in that neighborhood was through me, uh, who loved me. Uh, they literally turned on me. Uh, the propaganda that came down upon me was uh, the most intense uh, I've ever seen in my life. So we uh, stood up in opposition to it on September 20th and uh, on October 9th. Uh, the uh, authorities came in and uh, they evicted us from our space. And uh, I've, I've been shut down since uh, they literally took a business that was generating. Uh, I, I, I was I was doing two and a half million dollars in revenue a year out of that space. Uh, I was collecting tax. I was a uh, I like to say I was a free range human on a giant tax farm. Uh, and I was doing my job uh, for society to make sure that everything ran through. Um, yeah, they closed me down. I, I, and my space is still empty 
to this day. It's uh, near 17 months, I believe, since it's been closed. Uh, it sits there empty. Uh, all my chairs, all my tables, exactly where I left them. Uh, it is a testament to tyranny. You've got to be sick when you, when you think about that. It's got to make you absolutely sick. Um, it, when you say that people turned on you and, and the people who knew you turned on you, how did you see that? You know, how did that manifest itself? What were you seeing, experiencing, living through that that you knew that these people had had left your side? It uh, it broke my very soul. Um, yeah, I had expected that uh, my twenty years in the industry would um, cause people to uh, reflect before they cast judgment uh, and to see that uh, I was an outstanding member of my community. I gave both my time, my product and my money when asked for and when not asked for. Uh, I was a mentor to many uh, and uh, we were very well respected uh, in the restaurant industry. And uh, I knew that uh, every, I shouldn't say every restaurant, but <clears throat> most Restaurant tours uh, during the apocalypse uh, in, in, invariably came to to my place. You know, we would shut down at a very early hour during the apocalypse, eight o'clock, let's say, and uh, you know we'd be stuck by ourselves. Uh, there was nowhere to go. Everything's locked down, and uh, so people just came, and other restaurant tours came, and you know we, we we would sat night after night after night and just think to ourselves, what's going on? What's going on? You know, they're they're literally destroying our business. They're likening going to a restaurant to be akin to going to a leper colony. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I had, <clears throat> I had realized that a lot of these restaurants were very afraid to speak up, uh, because there had been examples previous to us, the whistle stop cafe and mirror, uh, Addison, Adamson's barbecue in, uh, Ontario and, uh, you know, just a couple others, but there was never, there was not very many that spoke up. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that occurred was, um, uh, what the government did essentially was make us dependent upon them in order to survive. So, you know, I mentioned that day in March, they took our customers away. And then shortly afterwards, you know, they gave us a few crumbs and gave us a few dollars and said, listen, you know, you keep this money and, uh, you know, you're going to need it because you don't have any more customers. We'll get back to you. Uh, and then two weeks later, you know, they would come back and say, well, we're still going to lock you down. So here's a little bit more money, but you better shut up. Uh, you better not be talking up. And everybody understood that if they were to speak out against the narrative, that they were going to be shut down uh, and then be on the hook uh, uh, to money owed to CRA, uh, which is essentially, you know, the worst person you could possibly imagine owing money to. Uh, in my opinion, you'd be better off had you owed money to the to the Hells Angels. What is the CRA? CRA is the of... Canada Revenue Agency. Okay, some, so it's your, like the, uh, IRS the IRS here in the United yeah, States, exactly. right? Okay. Yeah. And so I had expected that some people were going to come out and defend me. Uh, and uh, I was uh, shocked to learn that uh, nobody would. Uh, literally nobody stood up for me. I stood up for everyone and nobody came to my side because, you know, if, if they did dare uh, to see even not even to support me, just to even try to defend me uh, and to defend my character and to defend uh, the nature of our restaurant, uh, they would have received the same retribution I did, which is to be destroyed. This is uh, amazing. Um, I, I thought, I think it, Canada has revealed a lot about its government through this whole thing. Well, what's what's your status now? Do you have a business at all? I am trying to recover, to be quite honest with you. Um, so they shut me down in October of last year, and and last year was uh, an interesting year for me. You know, my my purpose switched from uh, my restaurant, uh, in which you know I spent seven days a week, to literally protesting. Uh, I became uh, a professional uh, 
protester of sorts. Uh, we were holding rallies outside the restaurant. Then we started having big rallies in uh, in Calgary every week. Uh, and then a year ago at this time, I was at the Coots border blockade in southern Alberta. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had... Uh, we had uh, set up a position at the border uh, to demand that uh, all vaccine mandates uh, be uh, rescinded uh, and that uh, we be given back our uh, God-given rights and be equal amongst Canadians. Uh, so we did that. Uh, I went to uh, Winnipeg after that, where we uh, uh, held the legislature building and I was on my way to Ottawa, but that got busted up by the Emergencies Act and, uh, you know, Trudeau's follies of, uh, of, dis of uh, destroying uh, any dissent whatsoever. Uh, and so that continued on until uh, about late March of last year, and at which time uh, I opened up that little POW pizza. It's literally just a little uh, outdoor seasonal pizza place uh, in the interior of British Columbia. Uh, when they came and confiscated my restaurant, the one thing that they didn't get uh, was my pizza truck. Uh, I was so busy at my restaurant that I couldn't handle the volume inside uh, with all the takeout and delivery and dine in. And so we had a pizza truck that we parked outside that would do all our takeouts and deliveries. Uh, when they came and confiscated my place, I managed to uh, elude them with that. And uh, I took it to a, a small parcel of land that I had in British Columbia and we built a little deck. Uh, and so that kept me busy for the summer of last year. Uh, and now this winter, um, I'm trying to... I'm trying to mend, to be quite honest with you. I, I never understood. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And, you know, what what I spent my life um, uh, building and uh, accumulating, um, that restaurant to me was uh, defined me. It was my every nuance. It was my it was my every eccentricity. I, I loved it. And uh, uh, when they took that away from me uh, and then <clears throat> I don't even know if it was the taking away from me. It, it was the hate, you know, and it. it, it it broke me, to be honest with you. So I, I'm trying to recover and uh, I'm almost there. You know, I've learned that uh, the biggest thing is that you, you have to you have to let the past be the past. I replay everything that happened in my mind a million times over. And uh, I, I I was very angry at uh, a great many people. And it wasn't so much the people that, uh, you know, spoke out against me. Uh, in a way, I almost think, well, at least they had an opinion. Uh, you know, it was the millions who stayed silent yeah. uh, while uh, I was literally lit on fire in the street. It is. It's a remarkable time to be alive and to see this happening uh, in Canada and in the United States, where fear is being used against people, keeping them quiet or making them say things that maybe they don't actually believe. Um, I, I, I'm so I guess I'm sitting here in a little bit of shock. I knew what was happening in Canada, but not to this extent. And you've given us a window into it. And I, I wonder what Canadians, where are you as a country right now? Because here in the States, it, it, it really did, as you probably saw, it, this whole vaccine and, and pandemic was a, became a very political issue. It became less about health and more about politics and anger and rage and fear. And I'm getting the sense that Canada was similar. And we saw it with the truckers and, and some people have said that, that that whole truckers thing was a theater created by the far right. I still don't buy that. Um, so when you hear something like that, and when, when you look at, at the Canada right now with this clown Trudeau, sorry, uh, due respect. No, please. Uh, um, you know, I, I think he's a clown. I think he's an idiot. And I don't know why we as countries, as these massive populations, 
have given up so much to these idiots. What, where, where is Canada right now? Divided. Uh, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know that we'll ever be able to come back together. Um, there are a lot of people, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot of people that think that trucker movement was a far right movement and it was nothing of the sort. You know, it was literally everyday Canadians, families, children, mothers, fathers, uh, getting together, uh, and demanding that, uh, you know, everybody be treated exactly the way that we've been treated for our entire history, which is equal. Uh, and, uh, I tried to explain to people that, you know, the censorship that has existed in Canada, uh, for the last three years, uh, and possibly longer, uh, is dystopian or willian in nature, and uh, it, 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 the propaganda that has existed uh, is is tremendous. Uh, we learned quickly on uh, in in early in the in the in 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 my destruction that you know the mainstream media was essentially our enemy, and uh, you know if I talked to CBC and I had given interviews to CBC uh, where I've said yes and they print no. Uh, and I try to, you know, show that as example uh, to to my friends who are still asleep, you know, on the Kool-Aid, I like to say. Um, but <clears throat> the propaganda was uh, very, very, very effective here and it was pervasive. Uh, it literally was, uh, you know, if you think about in World War II when Goebbels was doing the propaganda, you know, he had his own guys. They would print their own uh, publications and yeah. they would put it up on the walls. Whereas here, you know, the propaganda, uh, we had to print it ourselves and we had to put it up on the walls. And if we didn't put it up on the wall, we were to receive retribution and you know i remember going into a university last year and looking at all the messages of propaganda on the wall i mean there was there was hundreds of thousands of them you know even just in my own little restaurant there was you know make sure you wear a mask make sure you do this failure to do this is going to result in this it was it was pure insanity uh and I don't know. It's still, you know, it's a year and a half to this day. I've become a bit of a political figure in Canada and uh, I'm, I am I get attacked every single day, you know, for, for, for speaking out. And it really, it, it, it bothers me how people think that I'm the villain, you know, that I did something wrong simply because I refused to, to submit to tyranny. Yeah. Uh, and they think, you know, the Canadians are, are a, a very polite and uh, order following people. And, you know, for me to say that I wasn't going to follow this, uh, I, I, it blew the minds of, uh, of, uh, of the left. Have, has anyone come around and any of your old friends or colleagues or anyone at all come around and said, damn, you were right. We were wrong. We're sorry. We support you now. I no, no. no. And you know what? I, I've, I've been waiting, waiting, waiting for that day, you know, and, and I had thought by now that, uh, you know, my, just my very existence, uh, would be proof of the lie, uh, in that, you know, I myself have unvaccinated and have never been sick and have never contracted COVID. Um, but, uh, you learn that the PSYOP was, uh, incredibly, uh, effective, uh, and, uh, the brainwash, uh, was complete. Uh, people that I held in very high regard, uh, who I thought, uh, you know, were very intelligent and, uh, uh, very observant, uh, still uh, have not bought in uh, or have not realized that, uh, you know, in my thing, the whole, the, all of it was basically, a, you know, a crock of poop. I, I'm amazed by that more, maybe more than anything, because it does seem like there is information now circulating. You've got people in Canada, Australia, the United States, England, Jerusalem, you know, Israel, wherever, with these studies that are showing how farcical a lot of this was. The masks, the six feet, we've heard people say, yeah, six feet was arbitrary. We just came up with something. I mean, it's, it's insane to me that, that you aren't getting the support you deserve. Um, how is your family? Uh, this has divided my family, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, 
Um, <clears throat> I was very surprised at uh, how many in my family as well uh, were uh, supportive of government and not of me, to be quite honest. What with about you. your children? You mentioned you have children. I haven't talked to my kids in a year and a half. Now. Um, you know, I, I ripped apart my neighborhood, ripped apart my city with my stance. And uh, they, unfortunately, I think, uh, felt some of the uh, the bullying from uh, neighbors and friends at school. And, uh, yeah, it's been a very long time since I've talked to them. I am so sorry for that. It's all right. Thank um, you. I, tr- I truly am, Jesse. I... I, my respect for you is immense because you're standing on beliefs, not what you've been told to believe. And you've been very, very brave in the face of all of this and suffered more than anyone should suffer. And I can only hope for healing in your family um, and in your community, because this is just insanity to me. Absolute insanity. It makes me wonder where the hell all the reasonable people have gone. Um, bless your heart. I, I, you have a friend here and have you thought about leaving Canada at all? Hmm. Uh, I was in uh, the United States in uh, November and made my way down to uh, Texas and uh, drove a, uh, a, a friend of ours uh, car back to Calgary who had uh, who had fleed Canada to uh, escape the vaccine mandates. Uh, I know that I have a lot of support in your uh, beautiful country. Uh, I would consider going to the United States, uh, except uh, your president uh, won't allow me across the border. (laughs) Which is, uh, again, I I can, if I don't laugh, I will join you in tears. Uh, And so I I just, I, I am... I'm baffled at the time we are living in. I truly am. It is truly, uh, and you know, as as horrific as this experience has been, uh, I truly uh, am thankful uh, that I was around to witness it. Uh, in my opinion, uh, this is the uh, the greatest uh, campaign uh, of uh, propaganda and my manipulation that has ever existed uh, in the history of mankind. And uh, I'm truly in awe of uh, whoever it is that could have masterminded such deception uh, and conniving evil. Uh, and I've come to the conclusion that uh, it can be no other than the devil himself. Well, you've got support here, and I appreciate your sharing your story and your perspective. I only knew the very edges of it, and now knowing more, I my heart breaks for you. Um, and I wish you I, nothing. I wanted to throw out a little pitch. Uh, yes. Give, send, go has been set up for me. Uh, a lot of people think that it's folly, uh, but I intend to hold the criminals responsible uh, who shut down my business because uh, a man sat down. Uh, and it does not matter what that man did with his body. He was a Canadian uh, and should have been entitled the same rights, dignities uh, as every other Canadian. And uh, I'm going to hold uh, everyone accountable uh, for the crime that was destroying Without Papers Pizza. Without Papers Pizza was destroyed for refusing to check papers. Uh, and uh, I believe that my story will be told for a very long time. There's no one that suffered more and there's no one that's fought harder than me. Uh, I will succeed. I have since learned that uh, the power of the human spirit is indomitable. If there's a mountain in front of me, the mountain shall move and uh, I will get justice. And the justice will not be just for me. It will be for the millions of Canadians who were persecuted and humiliated by that disgusting and immoral vaccine passport. So a man sat down in your restaurant who was not vaccinated and your restaurant was closed. Um, Give, Send, Go, what's the, wh- how can they find it under Give, Send, Go? 
Give send go without papers pizza. Without papers pizza. Um, and let's let's pray that we never have to be with papers again. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for sharing this. You allowed yourself to be vulnerable with us. We appreciate that. Uh, I am pulling for you, and and I um, I'm going to give send go right now. So uh, give send go everyone uh, without papers pizza. Jesse, you're in my mind. You are a hero. You're the you're the man in the arena taking the slings and the arrows uh, for all those who are afraid to. And I hope you're reunited with your family. And I'm so, 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 so sorry that you've experienced what you've experienced. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the USA. Thank you. This has been Sideline Sanity. Again, looking at (laughs) tales of insanity that we're living through in this world right now in North America. (sighs) This is not Cuba. This is not Russia. This is not China. This is Canada. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to be like Jesse Johnson and be brave and do good. Thanks for listening. Always a good day when Charles Thorngren of Legacy Precious Metals can join us and answer some really different questions. And I thought of a few new ones for you, Charles, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated and we hear so much about gold and silver and, and precious metals. So if I could just ask this broad question, what is the role of gold mm. in a portfolio? Great question. And when we look at that, and the answer to that is, has a couple of different features to it. It depends on the individual, but its main purpose is the insurance policy for your finances. It is meant to be the foundation by which you do all other things, right? We know that gold and silver um, have an inverse relationship to the dollar. Um, It protects your purchasing power. So when we invest, that's what we're saying. We want to make sure that we have the ability to manage our money and have our money do what we need it to do for us. It's not the collection of dollars for dollar's sake, but for what it does for us, how we pay our bills, how we retire how we feed our family, how we uh, go on and bless others and, and donate to causes we believe in. That's what money does for us. It's not the dollar itself. It's the thing it provides for us. And what gold does is make sure that that money continues to have purchasing value. Because there are times we find that, hey, my money doesn't have the same purchasing Absolutely. value it had last month. Absolutely. And, and this is a unique time. We're seeing it. I, I, this term called hyperinflation, which usually refers to, you know, inflation in the 18s and 20%. I consider this a time of hyperinflation because it's so much more than what we're normally used to, right? When we prepare and we budget and we say, this is the course of my life and this is how I'm going to do things. This is where I'm going to put my money. We use some basic numbers, two to 3% inflation. That's what the Fed says is good, but that's not even great over a lifetime. That's a lot of inflationary loss to your dollar. But when you have a period where it jumps to the points where we're at now, and we're in the eight and a half, nine is going to be into the double digits soon in this shorter time frame, that's a hyperinflation situation to me because it throws everything off dynamically and so, so radically. You do, you do see us going into double digits, huh? Absolutely. Uh, the Fed even sees us going into double digits. You know, there was a, an interesting report where one of the, the Fed chairmen were saying 
2023, we're not going to talk about that. But in 2024, by summer, we may be able to start to drop the interest rates. When someone tells me they're in charge of something, but they say this new year that's coming, just forget about that completely. We're not even going to talk about that. That's a bad sign. <laughs> they don't want you to think about it. Exactly. They, don't, they want you to look past it and sort of ride it, ride it off right now. Just don't even think yeah. about it. It's going to be bad. But hey, 2024, though, you know, and interestingly enough, right around the time of an election, they want to start talking about what they're going to do. Isn't that fascinating? That timing is just really interesting. Before I we finish up here, I, I'm always fascinated with how gold is priced. How, how do we get a price of gold? You know, the spot price of gold is really determined by the world market. The London Bullion Exchange, right? And this has been for hundreds of years now, um, sets a price and the rest of the world revolves around that. Now, our currency will determine how much more than it is in the pounds and things like that. And there's a calculation for it. But that's one of the great things about gold and silver. Their value is recognized around the world. No matter what currency, what country you're in, it has value. Uh, I just recently come back from a trip where I was overseas not that long ago. And I bring gold with me everywhere I go. Um, not a lot. So don't try to catch me in the airport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have something that is valuable no matter where I'm at. I can go anywhere in any country and turn that into its currency in no time at all. You're talking about carrying around physical gold? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Do you, do you, do you How walk much around is with safe dollars? to carry around if you're, well, no, you're right. Uh, so if, and, and that gold is going to have the same uh, value across the board, no matter, no matter where I go, slight right? Because very slight deviation, yep. but it's not very large, okay. you know, usually less than yeah. 1% difference in the price. This is really interesting. I, I can't let you go before I ask you this, because I'm picturing you now walking around with some <laughs> you know, gold coins in your pocket. I'm thinking, wow, that would feel risky. But when you go into another country, for instance, with some gold, how easy is it for you to go say, here, I want to exchange this for, or, you know, I'm assuming you're not going to a restaurant and slapping down a gold no. bullion or something. No. But you could overseas. In certain places of the world, they recognize that just like regular currency. Wow. But I wouldn't use but, gold. But it's dinner. easy to ch exchange once you get to another country? Yeah. Just very easy. Most of the time you can do it at the airport. Same places where they change currency. A lot of them will change uh, metals too. And is physical bullion the, the, the best way to go? It is. It really is. When you're traveling or always in any investment in gold? Uh, you know, there's certain things you can do outside of just bullion that may make sense once you've laid a portfolio down, right? Um, diversity in metals is important too, but your basis for all investments should be your basic bullion, whether it's gold or silver. You want to have that foundation set in the base metal itself, giving you the most value that you can get. And obviously, every person's situation is unique. So why not just call and speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. Or they can always download your free investor's guide, right? It's true. at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do you have any gold on you right now? I do. Give me half a second. I got to see this. I just want to see. I mean, I, it's, it seems like almost like in the old days when you walk around with that, you know, Mr. Scrooge and his gold coins in his pocket. Not that you're. 
Can you sort of turn it around and show us that? That's now for our listeners, they're not going to be able to 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 see what we're seeing, but you've got a little container and they're just they're kind of the size of half dollars, right? Yeah, we're just about a half dollar. And this or? is this is the American Gold Eagle, and this is a twenty two thousand dollars worth of metal. Yikes. Charles isn't messing around <laughs> and neither are we, but please go get your questions answered. This is such an important time to be thinking about your money, your long-term play in addition to every short-term concern that you have. Charles, always good to talk to you. Thank you so My much. My pleasure. And you know what? 2023 is coming. Call now, find out <laughs> so you can make your decisions for, before then. Yes. And before the elections again, yes. and they can tell us what they're going to tell us then they're, they're telling you to overlook 2023. That means you, Now's the time to inquire. Absolutely. Again, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles Thorngren, always good to see you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 